Hello, welcome to the Norwegian Newcomers podcast, where we hear about fragments from the lives of Norwegian newcomers. Today, my guest is Carmen. After we had a little snack and shared a bottle of beer, I think we can start. Carmen, welcome to my home studio. Will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being such a great host. Let's see, about me, you said? So I have been here almost five years. Uh, I came from the States, from California, LA. Originally, I was born in the Bronx, New York. My mom and I used to go to Puerto Rico a lot. My mom's side of the family is still in Puerto Rico for the most part. My dad's side of the family in New York and Florida. And so we were going quite a bit and then they got they split up when I was 10, so we went permanently to Puerto Rico. Only my mom and I. My dad stayed in New York. And uh, yeah, life changed quite a bit. You know, I had a stepfather uh, pretty quickly and uh, two siblings pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, I was a little sad and you know, it's just yeah. how it is for some of us in life is, I'm not the only one, right? So I was in fifth grade, I think, when uh, we went. So it was fifth grade, it's fifth and sixth grade, and then went to junior high, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And then from 10th, so 12th grade was high school. So a decent amount of years in, in Puerto Rico. You know, my dad was a bank teller in New York. And when we went to Puerto Rico, something happened. We were just ended up in on food stamps and welfare and like, you know, on government assistance yeah. and and uh, not doing so well. And, you know, just, um, yeah, it was just uh, life just completely changed. When my father passed away, I was so sad that at that moment someone offered me to go to Mars, I would leave. I needed my time and space to face the loss. I didn't go to Mars, but this loss was my trigger to move to Norway. Divorce of parents is not a physical loss, but it is or it can be a painful process. Children's lives change, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. When life circumstances become difficult, it can be a trigger to start looking for a way out and direct your life in a completely new direction. When I was 17 years old, I joined the U.S. Army. I was in the okay. Army for six years. The reason why I joined the military was to get out of poverty, like extreme poverty, and just kind of find a way. How can I do something that means something that, and I don't end up also living off of, you know, assistance. I want to actually work and, and do something. Yeah. I remember arriving at Fort Jackson, South Carolina to basic training. You're getting off the bus and the drill sergeant right away is like yelling, you private stand at attention. And he's just getting in our face. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy. I'm not home. I was just, to me, that was still heaven compared to being back home. Yeah. Like that's how much yeah. I wanted to get out. So. Yeah. We can watch the life of the USA Marines on film. The life of my guest as a soldier, a specialist in finance, and always ready to defend her country, you can hear now. So I, I'm a finance specialist. So you still do the military stuff, you still do the military training. The people in the front line, infantry, 
if they all get shot, infantry, I mean, us finance people should be able to defend ourselves. We still did our PT in the morning, you know, 5.30 in the morning, you still have to go running and doing the, you know, the whole formation with everyone. You still take PT, uh, physical training, PT tests uh, twice a year. You still had to do, once a week, we had like some kind of military training, like you're either refreshing your memory about something you learned in basic training. So you're still military, but you have an office job because you need the finance people, yeah, you know, you need the payroll. Yeah. And you need. So I did that for the whole six years I was in. We consider privileged those whose professions are such that they involve frequent trips to different countries. I'm the daughter of a military man, and I was not very happy that my dad is constantly on the road, although I knew it was his professional commitment. However, as a professional soldier, Carmen enriched her life with travel. Uh, and then I got Germany as my first duty station. I was so happy, oh my God. It's just like, I literally like, to me, like joining the army for a person like me was heaven on all levels. Even if you're property of the army and you're yelled at and you have to do so much crap and there's a lot of not, you know, there's always positives and negatives to everything, course, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I chose to focus on the positives because it still was better than staying back home. I was stationed in Ansbach which is uh, about 30 minutes from Nuremberg. So I really loved it, but it was a very small town, so there was not much in the town, like it was not a lot. So the locals were very local and they didn't love that there was a military base there, but most of them were nice enough. Soldiers can have a reputation of uh, getting drunk and doing stupid stuff on the streets. I was usually nice to people and if you try to speak the language, which I learned a tiny bit of, try to at least, you know, be nice to people and then I think it works. We would go to Nuremberg to go shopping and stuff mostly, or to Frankfurt, it was like an hour-ish. So that was two years. And then uh, got stationed in South Korea at a, at a place called Tondushong, which is uh, Camp Casey is the military base, and I think it's still there. I actually have a friend there as, working as a civilian. Um, but uh, it's like eight miles south of the, DM, of the border. The year I was there, but I think it's almost every year. There was, it was a tense year between North and South Korea, but this is the same story I heard when I was in the army. It's like a tense year this year, is a tense year the, two years from now. And then I was in Alabama for six months. And then Washington DC was my last two, almost two years. So then when I got to Washington DC, uh, I got a, a security clearance that allowed me to work at the Pentagon three times a week. Uh, and then I worked with the U.S. Treasury investigating stuff, so, uh, and it was all finance money related, so. When choosing a profession, you are doing your job well and you are on a safe path to the ultimate goal and your maximum. But suddenly, you decide to turn your life in a completely unknown and uncertain direction. As we call it, coincidence, destiny, passion, or just Hollywood. When I finished my six years um, active duty, then I um, I decided to stay there and get an education, get a bachelor's degree. And I had about two years left of to get a bachelor's because I was studying at night while I was in the army. I was studying international politics. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm working. I worked at the Pentagon. I have a clearance. I can keep working with the governments and, you know, get paid really well because of my experience in the army. So I had my life all planned out. And then I was reading the newspaper one day and I look at the back and there's this ad that said, do you want to be in movies? And it was like this weird little ad and it was just like an acting class like for the weekend. It was like $150. And I thought, that would be fun. I didn't grow up like acting or doing any of that stuff. 
but I thought that would be fun, you know? Why not? I loved singing as a kid. My dad was a bass player for salsa bands, and so, and my aunt could sing beautifully. And I remember, like, when she would sing, I would be like, and I was always singing. I, I, the family reunions, I was always like, but I didn't think acting at all. Like, I was just thinking more music. It was there, some kind of artistic expression that was never let out. So I guess being a character, playing a character in some scene that was given to me was some form of artistic expression that I needed to let out. I took this acting workshop and it was a Saturday and a Sunday and the guy teaching the class was a Puerto Rican casting director. Like he's the only Puerto Rican casting director that exists. And he happened, his family was from Levittown, which is like from the town that I'm from. And I'm like, wait, this is a little weirdly synchronistic or I don't know what was going on, but I was just like, and I remember when I was doing the my very first real scene with a real person, I remember thinking, this rush and like I loved it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't sleep that night and we had to prepare this scene for the next day and I was just studying like and it's so excited and I, I hadn't been that excited about anything. I did the, the class the next day and he was so nice. His name is Sig de Miguel and he said if you're ever you know if you decide to pursue this go on like keep in touch. He gave me a nice compliment and I was like heck yeah I'm gonna keep in touch. I couldn't stop thinking about it and then I took another acting class like a theater class on the evenings just to see and then I realized I have to try this like I'm still gonna graduate. I have a month to yeah. graduate. Gonna take all my finals, turn in all my papers, and then I'm gonna move to Hollywood. <laughs> totally Hollywood story. Here was like the military veteran in her little Mustang driving with her car full of crap. What is the life of actors like in Los Angeles? What do they do and how do they live while waiting for a positive answer from at least one of the many auditions? How far is the road from Los Angeles to the Netflix series? And so when I got to uh, LA, I was, and I believe this is important too for any career that we pursue, you know, just go for it, like go for it. We, of course you doubt yourself. Like I doubt myself all the time, but I still do it, you know? So when I got to LA, I was just like, I got an agent within like two months. I was just sending my picture, you know, this is back when, before internet, so you had to actually pay for postage. <laughs> pay like hundreds of dollars, like to get like these uh, physical pictures and you put your resume on the back and, and it was expensive. Like, so I'm working three jobs at one point just to pay for freaking postage. I worked at a, opening a gym. I was there at five in the morning. We opened at 5.30, I think it was. And then I was a hostess at a restaurant, uh, seating people and yeah. stuff. And then eventually I got a job helping with marketing at a real estate company. And they were very flexible with me going in and out. You have to hustle. You you cannot go there and think just because you're this or that. Uh, you have to really work hard. It's, it's a really hard job to uh, have success. I mean, it's taken me 20 years to finally get on a Netflix show. So it's like, sometimes you're broke. I was working three jobs at one point just to survive you know, and pay the bills. Uh, so, you know, it's not easy, you know, but I, I have worked a lot. What's funny is that I did keep in touch with Sigda Miguel and he did cast me in a movie I auditioned for years later. I took another class with that same company with another casting director and I got a tiny part in a soap opera because of that same, a different casting director, Gwen, yeah. Gwen Hillier. So the important things that I've learned is that you work hard, but you also follow up. You know, you meet these people that maybe believe in you they show you they say something to you that maybe you think oh they think i have talents i should keep uh, keep in touch you know and 
And I did. And then I had, you know, you still have to audition. They're not just going to give you the part. You know, you have to still try, try out for it. And, but yeah, I tried out and got the part. Like so many people I know stop themselves, you know, before they even try. You know, it's not about education. You know, I thought, oh, I have to get educated to do blah, blah, blah. It's not about education. It's not about, it's really about how much you put into it. You know, statistically, most people do a job because they just need a job. Like sometimes you just don't know there's other, there are other opportunities out there because you live in this world where everything is just like this. You get this from uh, funds and you live day by day, you survive. You have just enough to eat and survive, and and that's it. And then you fight with each other or whatever happens, or happy with each other, whatever it is. And then that's it. That's life. You have kids and this, da, da, da. So I remember I when I signed up for class and I was reading about all oh, what to do with acting, you know, and I was trying to buy all kinds of books and magazines and all this stuff. And it said to try to work. My acting teacher also said, you know, submit to all these like. Little, there's a, there was a newspaper called Backstage West, I think it was called, or Backstage, I think. Okay. And um, it just had like, uh, you know, little indie projects, student films, short films that were being done by, you know, super low budget. He was like, try to get as many jobs for practice because, you know, you can exactly. do all the training you want in school, but it's on set where you're going to learn and like really yeah. grow, uh, you know, you're going to learn how to be uh, in front of the camera, where to stand. And, and then I would audition and get all these little parts. So I've like worked so much on like nonsense, you know, a lot of stuff never made us anywhere, wow. but I, you know, I just was submitting. And so I got a, a little part in a little indie film. Uh, I can't even remember. I think it was like some mob thing and I was like one of the bad girls or something. Same director did another little indie film and it was like no budget, like barely any budget. But I think I got cast in his second one and then I was doing all these student films, you know, like they're graduating. So I did so many of those and I was just like practicing, practicing. And I got, I think my first little part was just in the soap opera from that casting director yeah. that did the soap yeah. operas. I think my first show was Nip Tuck, which was a very popular show and back in like 2009 that was like my first big tv series and i was in the pilot episode i was in the second episode ever it went on for seasons and seasons on the fx network or whatever it was like pretty big show and i remember i did the audition and like you know i found out i got the part i remember working with and it's the huge uh ryan murphy he does all the all these amazing shows he's like the genius with when it comes to TV shows and he did Nip Tuck and I loved working with him and then I w got another part on uh, Everybody Hates Chris which was Chris Rock's show about him being a kid in, in New York and Brooklyn or something and I remember there was all these girls auditioning for the part and I remember like I had worked on the material and I was like oh, I have to do something because everybody's gorgeous in this room and what am I gonna do like I'm just eh, whatever and, and I remember like we're all sitting there and I'm like oh. and it was in that moment I'm like this is Brooklyn. I can do Brooklyn anytime. You know, I can talk like Rosie Perez and like talk like a Brooklyner. And that's what I did. I went in there and I talked like a New Yorker, like from Brooklyn. And suddenly I got the part. All right. I got the part. You know, even with all the parts I did get, I also got rejected even more times. You know, you audition, you book like one job every 100 auditions. You actually went in front of the casting director and you did your, and you had like, a few seconds to do your scene with someone and if you are just having a bad day or if you're 
you know, if your something was off, you that was your chance. They pro if you sucked, then they will never call you back. Former soldier Carmen, instead of the security of the Pentagon, turned her life in the direction of Hollywood. From the world of film, her ship of creativity headed further north. Again, love, passion, and music are the main drivers. It was love, Charlie Hetz, you know. Uh, yeah, Charlie Hetz. Uh, we were together in LA for two years before moving out here. He had been there six years and was coming back. And the last, his last two years, we had been together. And he's a music producer. Uh -huh. He's a music. Uh, so yeah, we have music thing in common. Like yeah. I love music, and we talk a lot about music. But he uh, asked me if I want. He was coming back, and and he's not going to be renewing his. Thing in, in the States, so if I wanted to come. And I had been in LA 15 years back then. And you know, LA is a beautiful place. I miss it now. All my closer friends are there. And like, I remember thinking like, I can use a little break from LA. And uh, things were like up and down. You know, I had done a show, but it was a recurring part, but uh, there's not much going on. I just felt like I needed something to change or whatever. And I thought, well, why not, you know? So we moved here almost five years ago. Like a few months later, I heard about an audition and they were looking for either Italian or Latina, you know, and uh, I got the part and I'm like, oh, it's a TV show called The Cune Barbare. It was with Espen Ekpo, this uh, yeah, Norwegian comedian. So I had a little part in the show, but she came back a few times, you know, it was, it was a funny show about he has uh, kids with eight different, seven different women, okay. and I'm one of the mothers of one of his kids. And this was thanks to a friend of of my guys. Like uh, he he's, he told me about the audition, so thanks to him, I got you know got the yeah, part. Because yeah. after that, it was like a little slow again, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and because I love writing, I've been writing for a long time. I've been writing short films, uh, short stories, and I filmed. I'm also a filmmaker. I do short films. In addition to acting, music, and painting, Carmen has more creative potentials. One of them is writing. Her children's books have been translated into Spanish and English language. Maybe it's time for a translation into Norwegian and slightly older readership. I remember thinking like, okay, I love writing and I love art. I want kids to have like something inspiring and so i actually created this little series of children's books uh so i have three books kid astronomy is like teaching kids about space because I'm, I'm also i love space so i did those i published them myself uh, and they did pretty well in english and then later on i released uh, in spanish but not in norwegian i haven't done norwegian yet i love writing children's books but i also realized i want to write something deeper and that something maybe for older kids or adults, so I have several projects that I'm uh, working on, right. and one is for like uh, young adults, the middle middle grade young adults, and then I have the other one that's like my passion project. As we are trying to adjust to the new environment, our mood changes. We can be as moody as the Norwegian climate, all four seasons in one day. But as soon as you have more obligations, socializing, jobs, that also changes and we are often in a better-than-bed mood. So we always came in the summer. It was like, oh, perfect. And then right before we moved, that winter before, we decided to come for, you know, for like be here for the winter and make sure that I was okay with 
living in uh, you know dark environment you know the dark winter yeah so we came and uh, I you know but it was only like two weeks or maybe three weeks so it was okay when you only do three weeks versus yeah. six months or yeah. five months yeah. so huge difference you know and you don't know that until you move yeah I've had like rough days rough periods I guess uh, the darkness doesn't suit me like um, so I definitely get moodier <laughs> I try to always smile despite the mood but you know I feel it in there it's like you know I was also like just freelancing from home and I get an acting job here a voiceover job here and there and you know little jobs here and there and auditioning putting myself on tape for things and uh callbacks and then writing my little shorts filming some of them and some of them are crap and some of them are okay and just getting better and and then this opportunity came at this uh it's a new production company life comes back to full circle so i'm here i am i'm an actress a writer blah 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 and guess what i'm doing at their office i'm doing finance <laughs> <laughs> so it is interesting like i never thought i would be doing money and and stuff again and here I am doing it 20 years later or more like oh my god it's like and it is a lot more work it's like this using that other side of the brain again because it is like two yeah. parts of the brain right yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it does take away from the creativity I live in Horton to come to work I can drive I have I have a Ford Accord but I choose to take public transportation because it's just you can relax more and yeah. if you drive is about an hour and a half but with the public transport is about two hours it's four hours a day i'm on it's a lot like i in the beginning i was like excited i have this job with some nice people and i'm excited to work for them and i never got tired i'm there early and even though and i'm here one of the first people that arrives to the office and uh you know and, and even if there it takes me two hours and i'm still one of the first people it's my military thinking though like yeah i have to be there around nine if i was like i can't get there after 9 30 i get like I'll go crazy, you know? Yeah, in Norway, everything is so much more laid back. And it's like, oh, if you arrive whenever, like, as long as you do your job. And yeah. I wish I could be more relaxed, but I just, it, I think it's the military in me. It's like, oh, no, I have to be there at nine. Oh, you know? And then, uh, and then you know, I have to work there till the last minute, you know? Like, I'm just, I don't know. I can't help it. Maybe I'll become more Norwegian over the years. The thing is, I don't want to change anything. I think this is part of life. Like, you have to just experience it and deal with it. You know, like, I think, Norway's Norway and deal with the weather. If not, move. You know, like if I really, if it bothered me that much, I could just leave like you. Now you will hear something about past and future exciting projects. We talk about this topic additionally over the phone because the time of the interview was not enough for us to say everything we had planned. What's uh, most exciting so far is that last year I was in a series that premiered on Netflix called Young Royals. I play the mother of two of the lead characters and uh, it's been an amazing journey with the series. It had, it's had a huge success worldwide, especially popular in Brazil and Latin America. And uh, what I really love about it is that it's uh, an LGBTQ love story between the prince and the boy who plays my son. And uh, I'm just really, really proud of being part of the project because uh, of the impact it's had, you know? So, um, you know, the show has helped so many kids uh, come out 
and feel better about uh, being different or, or, you know, I mean, we get so many uh, fan mail uh, saying how much this series has helped so many people. And it means a lot to me. It's, uh, you know, to be a part of such an impactful show and, and uh, you know, working with such amazing, amazing talents. You know, the actors were all so great. The kids were so great. Uh, the producers, the, the company, I just loved the experience. And, you know, uh, it's the theme of that, you know, just love is love and, and you know, how we should really accept and love each other for who we are. Uh, and, and that was what I really loved about my role is that as a mother, she supports and loves her children no matter what choices they make and uh, we just did a little bit of filming for season two and uh, I'm excited to be back <laughs> um, and then I also recently had a small role in uh, the second season of a Norwegian series called Perni on Viaplay and a Finnish uh, series about Nokia it's called Mobile 1.0, and that just premiered last week in Finland. Uh, we haven't gotten it here yet in Norway, but it should be coming, I think, on uh, Seymour, I think. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, happy. And then uh, I'm also really excited for this uh, new upcoming Netflix series. It's coming out uh, around Christmas and I'm not supposed to really talk much about it yet, but I am uh, so, so, so excited. It's a great story, beautifully written. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to be able to show, share share it with the world because it's uh, it's really wonderful, I think. So you know, uh, coming back to uh, you know everything, you know how how everything has fall uh, come back into full circle. Uh, here I am. I'm, I get to be an actress and uh, work much more than I thought I will be working in Scandinavia on great projects and, and then do what I love and write my stories and and uh, I get to you know I was work I've been working and learning about finances and behind the scenes in the film and TV industry so uh, I feel like I'm finally you know sort of starting to find a place here in Norway and Scandinavia and I'm, I'm just really grateful for that and I'm grateful to be able to work behind the scenes in the TV and film industry and in front of the camera as an actress as well. Listen to what, apart from brown cheese and nature, Carmen attracts in Norway. Oh, I love hiking. Uh, I love uh, naturen. Yeah. You know, nature here is just the most amazing thing. Like uh, in Horten, there's this little uh, route. You can see the ocean on one side and the forest on the other side. And it's like my favorite walk. When I was working from home, I would take that daily walk. Uh, I think I posted a million of like, that <laughs> most amazing, I think is my favorite place. Like if I am like having a rough time, like it takes me somewhere else. Like I just love that place. Uh, but even like when we go to Veslande and we go hiking in the mountains and stuff, I love like just nature here. It's like the air is so clean and and so fresh. You know, in LA, the air is not that clean. And, and so it's a huge difference. I really like the system here, you know, that people take care of each other. You pay a little bit more in taxes, but, you know, people are taken care of, you know, of being American. I, I really, yes, at the Prispode, like I, I really appreciate that people here just think more about everyone, the yeah. socialist system. So I kind of really appreciate a lot of things. 
and I do love the country here. I wouldn't be here after five years if I didn't. There's a lot of those special things too, you know. I love the food, like Brunos, the, the you know, there's a lot of the, the brown cheese and the, you know, Christmas food and the, oh, yeah, it's just really nice. And I love that people really have like a lot of good family values. In the States, we're like workaholics and we can work like forever and ever and ever and like work weekends and you're having dinner with your family, your people are still checking. The, it's like, here's like people take you know, you Time leave, off. when you you go pick up your kids, you're done with work, you're not working anymore, the weekends are off for family. Uh, I was a little weirded out with Sundays, everything being closed in the beginning, but now I'm like, no, that's a nice thing. I, I like that I don't, I'm not going to shop on a Sunday. You know, there's a lot of amazing things about Norway, so yeah. I am a very much go with the flow person. I, I think I could have a, you know, like having a place here and having a place in Puerto Rico and then you know, a few other places, that's my dream, but we'll see. <laughs> Carmen, thank you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed it as, as much as I did. I wish you good luck and fun in all your future projects. Thank you. Oh, no, I loved it. This was really nice. I always feel like I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, did I talk too much? I don't know, I hope not. I, I just, it was comfortable talking to you, so, and really nice, so thank you. Thank and, uh, you very much and uh, welcome to our family. Thank you. You listened to the fifth episode of the third season Norwegian Newcomers podcast. This podcast was made possible with support from Bergesen, Steve Telsen and Egbos Legat. My name is Vedran Atanovic. Take care. We are back next Tuesday. Ciao. Avete ascoltato l'episodio podcast Norwegian Newcomers. Grazie per averci ascoltato e per sostenerci. Di nuovo saremo con voi il prossimo martedì. Statemi bene, ciao!